Well, welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. God bless you for tuning in. We're in the first epistle of the Apostle John, and we'll be looking at the second half of chapter 3. And my, 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 this has been a tremendous, and I mean this has been a tremendous study in the first epistle of John. I just can't tell you how much I have thoroughly enjoyed studying this book. It's just four, five chapters long, but my, has it been power-packed. And I thought that I would get through this epistle in just a, a few sessions, but uh, there is so much depth and what the Apostle John is writing in this letter that we would not do justice if we just skimmed or attempted to skim just through uh, the, uh, the very surface. Uh, the Apostle John, I, 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 the only way that I can describe it is that he was one deep individual. And he was somebody that when he started out now, he was called the son of thunder. But now he's called the Apostle of Love, and I tell you, it's just been a tremendous, tremendous study. Praise God. All right, we're going to begin in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 11, but I want to back up to verse 1 and just read the first 10 verses that we studied in the last uh, session. But before we do that, let's just go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we bless the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. And we thank you for wisdom and revelation that comes from the knowledge of him. Lord, we ask you to fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we're looking to the Holy Spirit, our teacher, our guide, to direct us into the truth, reveal truth to us. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for all of that. In Jesus' powerful name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. All right, First John chapter 3, notice beginning in verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And we're talking here about sins. We're talking about practicing sin as a way of life. We, we mentioned that in the last session. Verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteousness, or is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. He who practices sin as a way of life is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, make powerless the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not practice sin as a way of life. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love 
his brother. Amen. And so we see here that the Apostle John is given the distinction between those who are true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ as opposed to those who say, but they do not. Amen. And so this is uh, the subject, some of the subject matter in these last few verses in 1 John chapter 3. So let's go ahead and begin. Verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Notice that. From the beginning. Amen. From the beginning. Talking about, once again, verse 11. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning. Their entrance into Christ and the church. Amen. So from the time that these little children or these young believers entered into fellowship with Christ and entered into fellowship with the church, they did not, the leaders did not cease to teach them concerning uh, the love of God. Amen. Praise God. Now notice that John says here that we should be loving one another. That's the present active subjunctive. Or we be loving. Amen. That we should be loving one another. And then he says this, but not as Cain, who, what, slew who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. Now, why did he slay his brother Abel? Why did he murder Abel? Because he hated him. See, that's the diametric opposite of the love of God. Amen. And he did that because his own works were evil, but his brothers were righteous. So we know this. That we will, number one, know the wicked by their fruit. And also, we should know that the world's going to hate us when we align ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we see that today over and over and over and over again. Amen. Now, listen, uh, look at verse uh, 13. Notice what verse 13 says. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. And notice what Jesus says now in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. So we see right there that love is a commandment. It's not a wish. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. We follow love. Why? Because love is in us. When Jesus came in, love came in. Praise God. So we know how to love. We need to yield to love. We need to develop the love walk. Amen. And that's something that we do throughout our entire life here on this earth. Once again, these things I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So Jesus is not telling us to do something that he didn't do. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Notice it didn't say its own, said his own. So he's talking about the one in whose grip the world is, and that is in the grip of the devil himself. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Amen. Praise God. So just because we're being rejected, that doesn't mean that we shut up and remain silent. 
Even if there's a threat of persecution, we are not to shut up and remain silent. We are to be effective witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ, but not hate the sinner, but love the sinner. Show show compassion. Love the sinner. Show compassion upon the sinner. Now, don't compromise with a sin. Amen. We are we are duty bound by the Lord Jesus Christ to keep his commandment to speak uh, the truth always. Amen. Praise God. But we can do it in love. Speaking. That's what Paul said. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in him. See, the people, people of this world that don't know Christ, the only way that they're going to come to know Christ is to have their eyes opened. Amen. And one of the ways that they open their eyes, that their eyes are open is that we preach the gospel, what we do it with a spirit of love. Amen. I remember Jonathan Edwards reading about him and in his sermons, he would read his sermons word for word. But he had so power packed that message through prayer that as he was reading his sermon, tears coursing down his cheeks, the people listening to him were so moved that they would get out into the aisle and get on their knees and begin to beg God for his mercy. I tell you, love is a powerful thing. And you and I both, we need to get to that place to where we are completely yielding ourselves to the love of God. And I tell you, if we could ever get to that place, to where we look at sinners in the world as good and as bad and as ugly they are, if we can look at them through the eyes of Jesus, my, 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 you talk about a world being changed. Amen. Now, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Now, notice the contrast here. We know, amen, we have knowledge of, we know, This is talking about having our knower down on the inside of us. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. So what is a witness that we know that we have new life in Christ Jesus? It's the love that's on the inside of us, a love that God gives us. Amen. But now notice the contrast. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Now, John here is talking about somebody that claims to be a believer, but he hates those that disagree with them. See, that's one of the big issues with the Gnostics and with the false teachers today. You know, you you sit under the ministry of somebody who's not teaching truth and you call him on it. You know what he's going to wind up doing Instead of changing and saying, well, your brother, you know, I'm going to have to look at that. If, if I'm wrong, I'll change. No, he won't say that. What he'll say is that, no, you're wrong. I'm never wrong. And I, if you press the matter, he'll wind up getting mad at you, get angry at you and wind up hating you. I've seen this over and over and over again. Now, listen to this. This is an alternative translation. We know that we have passed over from death to life because we are loving our brothers and sisters. The one not loving his brother is abiding or remains in death. Notice that remains in death. He didn't get saved and then and then lost it. No, he never got saved in the first place. So what is the first witness that we have that we are born again? That's the love of God. Amen. Just taken away at how God could love somebody like us. 
but he did. Praise God. And verse 15 says this, whosoever hates or is hating his brother is a murderer. Now remember Cain. Remember him. Whoever is hating his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Once again, there's the word, the, the, the Greek verb, meno, abiding in him, participle, abiding in him. No murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And this word hate, actually, this is what it means. It means to detest. It means to persecute. So when John says, whoever is hating his brother means that he is detesting and persecuting his brother. He is a murderer on the same level as Cain. I tell you, hate is something that you and I should never yield to. And we can't yield to hate. Now, hate sin? Absolutely. But the only way that we're going to move a sinner is to preach to him the way Jesus preached to the sinners. I tell you, the, the, the tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes, uh, those that uh, were the, the lower element of society, they loved Jesus. Why? Because Jesus didn't condemn them. Jesus supped with them. Think about that. When the Pharisees would have nothing to do with this segment of the population, Jesus sat down and ate with them and won them to himself. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, notice what uh, Jesus said in John chapter 8 of those that hate, those that are following the devil. He says, you are of your father, the devil. He was speaking to religious people. And Jesus said that the devil was a murderer from the beginning and that he would not. Notice he could not. He would not abide in the truth. People who will not abide in the truth are lost and will remain lost until they bow their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ, repent, ask Christ to come into their heart and life. Only then will they know what true love is. Now, verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he, Jesus himself, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So Christ is our example. He was willing to sacrifice himself for us. And if he was willing to do that for us, then we should be willing to sacrifice ourselves for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. In other words, be willing to go the extra mile. Be willing to be long-suffering. I know every brother in Christ is a lot of times hard to get along with. They have personalities that just rub us to the quick. Love suffers long and is kind. Love suffers long and is kind. Amen. So if we're willing to go the extra mile in order to help our brother, See, that's loving indeed. Amen. And be willing to pay that sacrifice, not only to help our brother, but to please God. Amen. I tell you, that's, that, that is worthy of a reward. Now, John goes a little bit further here, and he begins to talk about how that we love not just in word, but we love also in deed. Notice this in verse 17. But... Whoever has this world's goods 
and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of mercy. In other words, has no pity on him. How dwells the love of God in him? And then he says this in verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So the love of God is always displayed in action. A selfless kind of love that gives without any hope of ever receiving again. See, it's so different than phileo. Phileo is a love, that, but it's based upon the person's self. It's based upon uh, that person or that thing pleasing that individual. And people have friends because these people please them. But as soon as they don't please them anymore, they just cut the cord. They'll have nothing to do with them. It's almost like they go from love one minute to hate the next minute. Well, it's all based on a human, frail, weak type of love. And it's all based on self. Well, you please me, therefore I love you. Well, you don't please me anymore, so I don't love you. Remember the brother of Absalom forced himself upon Tamar. Oh, he just had to have her. He just had he she pleased him. He wanted to have her and he was not willing to marry her. But he was willing to have his pleasure upon her. And as soon as he did, then that love, that so-called love turned to hate. Wouldn't have anything to do with it. See, it didn't matter at all what he did and caused Tamar to suffer as long as he was pleased. And see, a lot of times we love in word, but we don't love in deed. And we, if we truly love God and if we truly love one another, then we're going to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. But we're also going to love our brother in word and in deed. So if the faith of God is revealed by words and actions, then the love of God also has got to be revealed in words and actions, deeds and in truth. So God demonstrated his love for us. And while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly. You and I were ungodly at one time. Christ demonstrated. God demonstrated his love through the Lord Jesus Christ in sending his son to die for us. We were enemies of God, but he loved us. Amen. I tell you, that is such a powerful, powerful love. And this is how we're going to win people. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So with that kind of love in mind, how much more should we love our, our brother? Isn't that one of the commandments in the Old Testament? We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. Well, who's closer than our neighbor? Well, our brother in Christ Jesus. Amen. And of course, we're talking about agape love. That's a selfless, sacrificial love. So we need to go the extra mile when it comes to loving our brother. And then verse 19 says, and hereby we know that we are of the truth. Now, isn't that interesting? John now talks about the truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. How do we know that? How, how do we know that we are of the truth? The love of God. Walking in the love of God. 
walking in the true nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is love. And notice what John says here. And shall assure our hearts before him. See, we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ. How are you and I going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ? We're going to be judged by those gifts and talents that were given to us. Well, the number one talent that God gave to us is love. Remember the parable of the talents? One was given ten, another one was given five, and one was given one. You know what that one talent was? You know, we're applying this parable. You know what that one talent was? That one talent was love. Every believer in Christ gets at least one talent. <laughs> he gets the love of God. And what did that servant do? He took that one talent. He buried it in the earth. In other words, he took the love of God. He received the love of God, but he did absolutely nothing with it. And because he didn't, he was cast into outer darkness. So we have each and every one of us have at least one talent, and that talent is the love of God. Now, some have five, some have ten, some have a lot of talents. Amen. But wherever we are, whatever Christ has given, we're to take it and we're to cause increase. Praise God. So if that's all we've been given is the love of God, then we can take it and that love can grow. And I'm telling you, the love of God being exhibited through a believer in Christ Jesus uh, there's just no telling what that individual will be able to do. Praise God. So if the faith of God is revealed by words and actions, so the love of God is too. Amen. And this is how we're going to know that we are of the truth. And this is how that we are going to assure our hearts. Notice this. Now, I want you to notice now the next three verses. And shall, notice what John says here, and shall assure our hearts before him. Oh, I tell you what, walking in the love of God creates a confidence in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but notice verse 20. But if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Notice this, the word condemn. It comes from a compound word, kata, which means according to, and gnosko, which means knowledge of, according to knowledge, according to that inward knowledge. Notice, for if our heart condemn us, talking about something on the inside of us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. See, we know by the still small voice of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us, whether or not we're walking in the truth or whether or not we're walking in the love of God. We know that. See, there's that little check on the inside of us. There's that little uh, condemnation on the inside of us, that, that little bit of indecisiveness, that lack of confidence, a little pricking in our heart that we're not doing what we know that we should be doing. And this is, a, this is both a promise and a warning. God is greater than our heart. In other words, God knows where our affections lay. And the reason why our heart is condemning us is because we're not loving as we should. We're not believing as we should. And this should really shock us, the last part of this verse, and knows all things. God knows better than we do where we are in our love walk. Amen. We're not fooling him. We may think that we can get mad at somebody and cuss them out or get into an argument 
<clears throat> or have an inward rage towards another person because how dare that person contradict me? But God knows all that. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to get love working on the inside of us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And allow love just to wash all of that bitterness and anger out of us. Praise God. Beloved. Notice says verse 21. If our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. In other words, the peace of God is there. The joy of God is there. The joy that passes all understanding is keeping our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I mean, we are in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and we are in love with our brother. We haven't done anything to harm them. We have no ill feelings. If, if there is that sense of ill feeling towards somebody, we deal with it then and there. We take care of it. We make sure that it's cleansed and washed out by the blood of Christ. Amen. And back in chapter one, uh, John said this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us from all sin. And then Isaiah said this, and the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Assurance forever. Think about that. Assurance forever. So love is a work of righteousness. Amen. It's the primary work of righteousness. Remember the fruit of the spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Love. That's very first, the very first thing. Love. And I just have a feeling that this is how love is demonstrated. This is how we know that we're walking in love by joy and peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, temperance, self-control. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the effect. That is the work of righteousness on the inside of us. And Isaiah says that it is peace. And the effects of this righteousness is quietness. Oh, glory to God and assurance forever. Praise God. Amen. Now notice this verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So the love walk affects our prayer walk. If we want our prayers to be hindered, then let's not walk in love. But I don't know too many out there that want their prayer life hindered. Amen. So if we want our prayer life to be unhindered, then we need to walk in love. We need to execute the kind of love that Jesus said that we are to execute. And we and we find out that this thing is natural. It is naturally supernatural to walk in love. And it's supernaturally natural to walk in love. Praise God. Hallelujah. We just have to yield to it. Get past, amen, the fleshly and carnal emotions and walk in love. This is how Paul said that we're imitators of God. This is how he said we're partners with him. Amen. Imitators of God and walk in love. Praise God. And then verse 23 says this, and this is his commandment that we should believe, number one, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. We cannot love without faith. Faith works by love, but we also are to love with faith. Amen. The two go together. 
And John said here, before we can truly know what the love of God is, we have to believe on the name of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we have to be born again. Amen. We have to receive new birth in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus said this in John chapter 6, and then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that God has sent. And then in verse 13, Jesus said this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That You notice that. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another with the same kind of love that I have loved you with. And then further on down in that chapter, Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay my life down for you. And Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me, Peter? Truly, I say to you, the cock shall not crow until you have denied me three times. So why couldn't Peter do what he said that he would do? It's simply because he didn't have the love of God on the inside of him. He had a phileo type love, a willingness to follow Jesus because he was going somewhere. Amen. And he, he knew that Jesus was the son of God. But see, G Peter was not born again. He didn't have the love of God abiding on the inside of him. And then finally, in verse 24, it says, And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides, in other words, remains in us by the Spirit which he has given us. So this is another testament, another witness that we know that we know God. It's by the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us. So John explains in this entire chapter the difference between those who know the Lord and those who don't. And the love of God is the gauge and shows to us the difference. Remember, we'll know them by their fruits. Is a man walking in the love of God? Well, it's because he knows God. Is a man saying he knows God but is not walking in love? Well, that man doesn't know God. Amen. So this is the difference. So brothers and sisters, all those that are in the sound of my voice listening to this broadcast, if we know God, then we're going to walk in love. We're going to know the love. We're going to know him by the love of God that is within us. And we're going to be loving our brother and not hating them. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy, Lord. And we trust you and we trust the word to guide and direct our life through the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. 
We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.